0: So I stand here today as a man that has been part of this community for 20 years. And I can tell you that 20 years is a long time with you people. (laughs) And I've often been given gears because I think I often I say what I think because I'm a very simple guy. I am not the cleverest guy in the room. I really am not. And so when you do life with people... It's complicated, amen? It's complicated. We call each other family. Do any of you have family? A hey, Family is complicated, guys. It's complicated. So don't think that when you come to church, it's going to be sunshine and roses all the time, you're right? People, people are people. We are incredible and a disaster at the same time, at the best of times. But out today, I want to declare God's goodness and His faithfulness over your lives. As I've seen the hand of God move in our lives as a family, I'm hoping that that'll stir you to have courage to trust God. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the unbelievable privilege to be called a son and a daughter. I thank you, Father, for the unbelievable privilege we have to access the power of the resurrected Jesus so that we may be restored we may be healed to step into the presence of the King. And I thank you, Father, we get to be part of a community that wants to reach far, raise up, and release wide to see others encounter the King. In your mighty name, amen? Amen. Just on a short note, just because you know I like to tell jokes, I'm old school, I normally like paper, But I figured, let's try the iPad. And I figured out why guys like using an iPad. Because if your size like 72 font, it's awesome, you can see. Um, So my wife and some of my mates give me a hard time because I often just say, you know what, you guys are the problem, right? We are the problem. Don't fool yourself. It's not the people at work. It's not your neighbor, it's not your family, it's you. It's me. Okay, so once you can settle that, I can tell you right now your life will be much, much easier because it's, it's you and I. We are often the problem. And so I wrote here, I think the world has lost its mind. I really do. I, people are out of control. They really, really are. And no one seems to be saying it, so I'm gonna say it. And I say it because, because I love you right? Because I've done community for 20 years with people like you sitting in these seats. I have seen thousands of people, thousands of stories. And and, and people are people. And I say that a lot, but they are out of control. In a world where we are supposedly so connected, there's an incredible disconnection with everything. We have more anxiety, more depression, more hurt, more pain, more isolation than ever before. Yet we are living in the most connected time of our history. As sons and daughters, as believers and those in the room that are actually yet to believe, we need to make a decision and we need to decide where we stand and what we're going to stand up for. Amen? The biggest lie of the enemy is to cause isolation that you don't need anybody else. The world is shouting, live your own truth. Don't let anyone tell you what to do. You decide what you do. I can tell you right now, it is the worst advice in the world. We need each other. We need relationship. We are better together. It's not a. I mean, it's a clever catchphrase, right? It sounds cool. We're better together. But, but do you believe that we're better together? Do you actually want to get together with people? Do you want to do life? When we say we want to do life together, do you want to open your life up? We have been created for relationship. We were created for relationship. It's original design in Genesis, and we'll get there a little bit later. And I love the way Mark reminded us, and we sang today, this incredible story of Jesus being the cornerstone. Because community is about building. We're in this series called We the Church. We the Church. We represent the Father in heaven on earth. The manifold wisdom of God revealed through the church. We are the church. Jesus is the cornerstone. Now, Jesus can't just be the cornerstone coming to church on a Sunday. That can't be your cornerstone. Everything that you do, everything that you build requires Jesus Christ, the cornerstone. And I want to challenge you today that if you are in any part of your life not building with Jesus as the cornerstone, you're going to have a problem. I want to tell you right now, it might not be next week or next month. If it's relationships, if it's your work environment, whether it's whatever you want to put it to, wherever you are building, if you do not have Jesus as the cornerstone, the cornerstone that sets the foundation, that brings the strength, that gives the direction of the walls to be built, I can tell you now, you are not building correctly. And if you've had any experience in building, you will know that if your lines start off wrong and your foundation starts wrong, the walls will crack and it'll eventually fall down. So my question is, why would you choose not to build with the cornerstone of Jesus Christ? Because you are literally wasting your time. If no one else is going to say it, I'm going to say it. You are wasting your time. Because at some point, it's going to fall apart. And why would you want to roll the dice on that? It doesn't make any sense to me the world has lost its mind. There's another thing that you use in building called a plumb line. And the plumb line gives you a straight line. So you can build 90 degree angles so that everything is nice and straight, right? And so that if you do not have the cornerstone of Jesus Christ and the plumb line of the word of God directing your life, guys, could I propose to you, you are potentially wasting your time Your time, your effort, your finances, your emotional equity. You're wasting your time without the cornerstone and the plumb line. Let's read some scripture together. It's 1 Corinthians 13. I've read it a lot, it's been mulling over in my life for the last six, seven, eight months. Um, God first gave it to me a number of years ago when we did a Father Heart of God art-type exhibition. And um, it predominantly spoke to me about uh, when we were doing an exhibition about the Father Heart of God. And um, God revealed it to me about my oldest daughter, Brittany. So cool to have my daughters here today. Um, Where God basically told me as a father that I would potentially more than likely fail my daughter. But that His love would never fail. And I've taken great courage for that. And that, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8, That th- those three words have anchored my life virtually for the last 15 years. Love never fails. And so let's read here. It says, If I speak in tongues of man and not of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and cannot fathom all mysteries and all knowledge... If I have uh, a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. And this is where it gets interesting. Because in community, community and love go hand in hand. If you are gonna build with a cornerstone and a plumb line, Love is the anchor, right? So we, we, ban, we, we bounce that word around like it's, I think it's become a bit watered down. I don't think we actually understand what it is to love one another, to some degree. We all have varying revelations of what it is to love, right? I'm pretty sure everyone in this room at some time understands what I say. If you have a child, you love your child for, the, for nothing, They are born, you love them at 110%, you will give your life for that child, right? And that is what Christ did for us. And it says here, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. Amen? Amen? Can you imagine if we approached every relationship like that? I think we would change the world. We've written it on the wall outside. We want to reach for our raise up and release wide. We don't want to be a people of lip service. But if you are able to use this as a filter in community, because you're going to need to, we need to be patient, because people are frustrating. Right? Um, right? We need to be kind, because people are unkind. People are selfish. Instagram is unhelpful envy. It's crazy. It does not boast. Instagram, pretty good. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. We live in a culture where people in your workplace will stand on your throat to get above you, right? And so God has called us to live differently. Jesus is both the cornerstone And the plumb line if you are not building with that into your relationship with community it's a problem we see relationship everywhere and I, and I, I know I'm rehashing this but you see it in the beginning of creation father son Holy Ghost you see it when when the Holy Spirit says let us create man in our image there's a togetherness. You see it when the when the disciples say, Well, say to Jesus, let us Thanks, buddy. Do I need to drink water? Cheers. <laughs> Appreciate you, thank you. When the disciples say, How should we pray? the Lord instructs us, our Father. And you go through it and it said, Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts. As we are forgiven, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us, yet we choose to be in isolation. It's interesting. And you've often heard this thing about living stones, right? We are living stones. The church is you and I sitting in the seats. We know this. But how does it change us? The church is not the building. It's a living stone together together. Christ in us, right? And I felt God say to me, when He's building on the cornerstone with living stones, you and I, there has to be some drama. There has to be some working out. There has to be some battles that you fight, because that is the cement that builds the living stones into the church. Amen? So don't be surprised when it gets a bit hard sometimes. When you come to church and and that person sits in your seat, Dave. Watching you, Dave. We're creatures of habit. You come to church, someone's sitting where you sit. You're like, ooh, Jesus. And give that person a talking to when we done afterwards. We laugh, but we've got to expect a bit of resistance somewhere. There's got to be a working out. That is the cement that, that binds the church together, right? We got to be honest we've got to work through the offenses we're gonna have losses we're gonna have wins but we're gonna have victories and we're gonna have joy there's gonna be some mourning in our serving in our worship in our obedience in our repentance we see the glorious church shine there's a cost to everything that we do my fear is that there is a trend of people counting the cost to not come to church. They are counting the cost of not joining a serving team, not being in a life group, not coming to men's camp, not coming to a rise, not getting into recovery programs. It costs too much. My fear is that I don't think people are calculating the cost of not doing that. Because I can tell you now, if you think the cost is greater to put yourself in to community, it's gonna cost you even more outside of community. And so if ever any of your choices look like less community, less connectedness, could I propose that you're listening to the voice of the enemy and the voice of self and not the call of your father to come, to belong, to join. Because Jesus will always call you to more and he will always call us to be together. So if your decision is the latter, I question your decision for your future. How much do you want to pay? There's a cost to everything. I put you we're not Lone Rangers. It's not how we were designed. And I want to talk about three things this morning. The first being church community. I strategically used yellow for life changes and community red for love. Check. Old school, eh? Sorry, designers in the room. I couldn't help myself. So lame. But so true. Because... It's community and love. Community has saved our marriage. I'm married 21 years to this woman next month. I am so grateful. Well done, love. It's been a lot of hard work for her. Community has held our family when our girls weren't well. And I can tell you that when your family is sick or your kids are sick and things are a little bit out of control, you, you, you sometimes run out of courage. You, you know God is faithful, but your courage starts to wane. Your prayers start to sound very repetitive. And you know there's power and authority in them, but as a parent you feel like you are shrinking. And both my girls at some point struggled with mental uh, mental illness and mental health. And uh, I remember when Sarah was struggling and she went to go and see a... She seemed fine. Went went to see a psychologist. And when the feedback came, the psychologist said, there's a ring here. Can anyone else hear it? Sorry. Um, When you... um, your child is like a level nine suicide. Take the door off her bedroom. When you hear news like that, you're like, sure, it shakes you to your core. But I knew that my father had this in heaven, and I got to lean on my community, and people prayed and trusted and stood with us. We had the same with Brittany. Because the world we live in is brutal. And unless you belong, the enemy's number one strategy is to isolate you. That you're not good enough. You don't belong. And you end up in a very, very dark place. Is Malcolm and Mish here? Malcolm and Michelle Herbert. They've been here for a very long time. And... Uh, when you do a long time with people, you learn things. I remember being in their life group. I remember one day after church, they were, they were wanting to have kids and they couldn't have kids. They'd been trying for a very long time. I remember God saying to me, go and pray, go and pray. And I drove to their house and with Malcolm, I lay hands on Michelle's womb and trusted God with them. And now we have two beautiful children in that marriage. You don't you don't get to do that outside a community. I think of my other daughter here, Andrea, who's sitting here. Andrea used to babysit our kids. She would come and eat and laugh, because she wouldn't eat for days and come to our house just because she forgot to eat. I forgot to eat. So she would eat and laugh and cry. But this is my daughter. I got to be on the couch when she came home and said, There's this boy. And this boy is now her husband. We get to be a part of that in community, years and years together, fighting for things. Waiting for my grandkids, eh? Keep practicing. (laughs) (laughs) There's another lady in this community I'm so proud of. Non Totazelo, you're my daughter, and I love you. I'm very proud of you. This woman is incredible. She loves the Lord, and she's found her way into my heart. In no other circumstance than the local church would I know this beautiful woman. She gives me courage because she trusts God. And when she struggles, she comes and says, help me process this, and we process things together. Then I see her go back into the workplace and see the favor of God in her life because she trusts the local church, she trusts her community and she trusts God and she's finding life and favor. This is the local community. This is what you get to be a part of. It's not about coming to listen to some clever words and having a coffee and a donut, which is really cool. This is the stuff of getting into people's lives. This is what counts. Yaku and Jess... Where are, these, where are these beautiful people. They're there at the back there. You've got incredible parents. Nick and Athena, we love your family, eh. At Sable Square, as I am, I often put my foot to my own mouth. And I was like, "Ah, after once, "We're the kids, you know? We're we having kids here? Are you practicing?" And I saw tears start to well up in the eyes. And I suddenly realized, shucks, what have I done? And in that awkward moment, we got to lay hands as a family, as a Jess had had a miscarriage that week, and trust God for children. And a few weeks ago, beautiful Daniel is born, amen? It's community and love and people together that do it. You've got to get into a serving team. You've got to get into a life group. You've got to get into something that has connectedness and togetherness within the local church. You've got to do it. In the workspace, I was so, I'm so excited. One of my favorite things is the workspace. And for the sake of time, I just want you to think of every person in this room, of how many people you work with. I work with nine or ten people. Some of you are working in offices that have hundreds and hundreds of people. You want to understand the reach that is in this room. When we say reach far, raise up, release wide, you are living stones with incredible reach. Amen? At work, we had a guy. Uh, Shelly and I were still working some things out. We were still working some of our faith out in the early days. And there was a guy that God brought into our business. And my wife loves to read. And there's a series called Left Behind. Left Behind. And you won't believe it. There was a time when I would come home from church and my wife would mock me to my face. You wouldn't think that now. But Shelly wasn't in. She didn't get the local church. And I know that's hard to believe. But I was so excited to come home and she was just like ready to stick me in my side. I love you, babe. (laughs) But the point is this. I got to go to community and the guy said, pray. We're going to stand with you. And we prayed and we trusted a guy came into our business his mom had this left behind series of books my wife read this series of books in this in the halfway through that Shelley had a revelation of Jesus a real revelation of Jesus she gave her life she got baptized she finished the books the guys moved the guy moved on can I tell you that you are people are waiting on the other side of your obedience we don't just get to do church here. God has placed you in your businesses. To pray, to be kind, to be patient, not to boast, not to envy, to show people of what it is to be connected. John thirteen thirty four it says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. In relationships, 20 years ago, Wally Gersmaer knocked on our door and said to Shelly and I, there's more for you. Why are you not married? And challenged us to community and to the covenant of marriage. And we live in a society where that is almost a swear word now. And it has been incredible to do marriage with my wife for a long time because someone challenged me and said, hey, there's more for you. God has more for you. Trust him in the covenant of marriage. So I want to encourage you, if you need to know more, come and talk. You look at the four guys lowering their friend, their paralyzed friend through the roof. And I want to tell you, church, we need to do some work in community. I want to encourage you, do some work. It's hard work. Those guys that have had to work very hard to get close to that building, to get on a roof, to pull a paraplegic person up onto the roof, to break it open, to get their friend to Jesus. My question is, are we fighting like that for our friends? Are we fighting like that for our family members? Are we fighting like that for our work colleagues? Because that is what we're called to do. Jonathan and Tansy, you guys are incredible pastors in this church, ordinary, unschooled men and women, leading, planting, loving people. This family is incredible. There was an incident that happened, and these guys went and sat with a young man, processed forgiveness. Process the right thing to do, and continued in community. We've got to be willing to fight for each other. Thank you for being the people that you are. And you do it over and over again, all the unseen. It really is incredible. I want to encourage you. In Philippians 2, it says, bear with one another, forgive one another, have no vain conceit. Think of yourself less. Humble yourself. The biggest tool we have is prayer. We need to pray and trust with boldness and perseverance that God is who he says he is and he can do what he says he can do. And we all have access to it. We've got to learn to become sticky again. We've got to become sticky so that those that are less sticky don't just fall off. We've got to fight and contend for them. And that's why you've got to come to Arises, and you've got to come to men's camps, and you've got to come to rugby days, and you've got to count that cost, and you've got to be here, even when you don't want to. Those are the best times to come. I can tell you right now, the time you don't want to come, you miss out the biggest thing of what God has for you. It's crazy. And if you've had any experience in that, the time you come when you didn't want to come, you go, wow, I'm so grateful I came. Because it's literally life-changing, Right? The old adage of the coal on the outside of the fire gets cold and dark and pretty lonely. So just make sure you keep chucking yourself back into the middle. We're going to have to learn to trust people. Our community requires you to open up your life. And we're going to have to take some risks. Amen? Amen? We've got to contend for community. We are the bride and our king is coming back. Keep putting your hand up. Keep saying yes. Keep showing up and watch what God does. V, can you come up, please? I want to ask you if you have never made a decision to belong, can I ask you to settle it in your heart? Can you stand? Once you take a quick look around. These are your brothers and sisters. God has called you at this time, at this place, to be in this room together. And I know there are a couple of new faces here today, and I trust you felt loved and challenged all at the same time. Because that's what community does. It calls us to the more. It gives us courage when we see those who have gone before us go before us, and their victories are our victories. Their testimonies are our testimonies, because we get to say, yes, Lord, do it again. I want to have one final charge about relationships. And just maybe because I have daughters, I want to say to the woman in this room please don't shortcut the process. I'm asking you, as a father that has been part of this community for 20 years, that has experienced the love, the mercy, the grace of God, can you please trust God that He will give you a husband at the right time? and the right man that will lead you into the things of Jesus. Because I'm starting to see ladies make decisions that is taking them out of community. And it hurts me as a dad. Because I want to see the woman of God meet the men of God and advance the kingdom of God together. Amen? So, Father, I pray right now for your sons and daughters in this room that we would have a real revelation of what it is to belong, the cost that it takes. I thank you that you are the one who sustains us. You are the one that makes a way and that we are better together. Father, I thank you that sons and daughters would start to have conversations that have real value, that say, actually, God, this is where I'm at that you would find people that you could be honest with, that you can trust and say, actually, my life is not all together. That's where the power comes, the cement, the living stones. This is why we are here, to do life together, to see the King of heaven come and those who are yet to believe, believe. So Father, I thank you For your goodness, your mercy, your grace. I thank you that you have created the way for healing. For redemption. For belonging. In the mighty name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord. That you never grow weary. Ever. You are never taken by surprise. Ever and that you are victorious. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.